0: All right, how's it going? Today I'm going to talk a little bit about psychics. I'm going to give four theories as to what could be the cause for the psychic industry. I'm going to talk about which theory I think is the most correct one. And then I'm going to explain why that theory is, in my opinion, the most likely reason for the industry of psychics existing. So first of all, my four theories. Theory one is that there is genuinely people who can utilize magic powers that are unexplainable to modern science. The second theory is that there are people who are normal people that do not have powers that genuinely believe that they have some sort of magic power. The third theory is that all psychics are performance artists that are attempting to get people interested in the concept of surpassing normal human limitations. And they do not realize that their audience thinks that what they're doing is real. And my final one is that the majority of psychics are people who are manipulating other people for the sake of money and using psychic powers as the center of their scheme. Now, this is probably not surprising, but I think that theory number four is the most likely. I think that most psychics are people who are intentionally, uh, uh, basically intentionally attempting to get gullible people to believe that they have psychic powers for the purpose of repeatedly milking money from them. And here's how I can prove it. So, one of the most popular methods that a psychic person will use, especially in a group setting, for example, if the psychic is in a room full of people at a big presentation, is called cold reading. And cold reading is basically you state something, and then if nobody latches onto it, you state another thing, and continue until someone kind of... uh, you know, has a reaction to it. And then if someone does, you latch onto them and then you keep pushing them with other things. Basically like, you know, like those toys you have when you're a very little kid to help kids learn shapes where it's all the, it's the, like the square hole and the star-shaped hole and the hole shaped like a little uh, circle. And they basically are grabbing the star-shaped one and banging it into the thing until they find the star hole and they keep doing that over and over so an example would be like imagine i was a psychic which i am not uh you could be i could be like i'm thinking of the color yellow wait no green you're interested in the color green right is that because you have a a relative that's favorite color is green yes yes is it your mother wait no your sister Your sister, right. Is she sick? And so on and so on forever. Now, it's very easy to disprove this because there are many cases where psychics can go a long period of time during their performance uh, before actually finding a key word that someone latches onto. But how come the audience doesn't notice that? You know, how come the audience doesn't look at that and go like, wait, this guy's not telling the truth here. This guy's lying. There is a study, which I will pull up the name of real quick here. So it is called, uh, it is a study called Paranormal Psychic Believers and Skeptics, a Large-Scale Test of the Cognitive Difference Hypothesis, which is testing a thing called the Memory Distortion Hypothesis, which states that Uh, An enhanced susceptibility to memory errors and biases increases the likelihood that some people will selectively recall facts or events that support their psychic beliefs. For example, a believer may be biased to selectively remember a fortune teller's correct predictions or to distort their own memory to conform to these predictions, helping to create and reinforce their beliefs in such psychic phenomena which is pretty interesting. So basically, there exists a thing in the human mind which makes it so people will that already have kind of a bias towards the supernatural, which makes sense when you're you know, going to a live event where a psychic will be present. So you're already primed to believe that you're going to a place where a psychic will be hanging out and doing their psychic stuff. Uh you'll be there, and then while you're there, even if there's 20 predictions and 18 of them are not true, you're going to look at the two that are true and be like, whoa, there was something going on there. And, you know, you'll believe in psychics, even though the, there is large amounts of evidence to the contrary. Now, let's give another example of a test you could do and ways that you could prevent it from being sabotaged. So let's say that you have a big room, right? There's nothing in the room except for a large wooden box. The box is not see-through in any way, and you have an object inside of the box, which you have placed there before these psychics are able to go into the room. So these psychics have no idea what's in the box. You give each of them a piece of paper and tell them, one at a time chosen randomly like the order of them going in chosen randomly that they will go in and they have five minutes to use whatever supposed powers they have at their disposal to see inside the box and write down on that piece of paper or draw or whatever what they think is inside and then you take all those ten pieces of paper, let's say you have ten psychics that you've Godden for this experiment you would take those 10 pieces of paper and then you would compare them now if it somehow ended up so let's say that the object that you chose is a small red race car like a model of a race car now if a bunch of them say that the object in the box had four wheels let's say if seven of the uh, 10 psychics said that And then another two of the psychics said, oh, the object in there is definitely red. Then you might say, hmm, there's something to this. But I would put money that the answer would be you would get 10 completely random things on 10 pieces of paper. I highly doubt that if this experiment was done, you would find Uh, you know, a correlation between the ten results, especially if you made sure in advance that these psychics, you know, they were monitored so that they did not open the box while they were in the room. Uh, You also make sure that they do not have equipment on them which could potentially be used to see through the box in some way. So, like, for example, you make sure they're not allowed to touch the box, you make sure they're not allowed to shake the box up and down, Just try and cover all of your bases so that the only way that they could see inside that box is if they used some sort of mysterious otherworldly power. So that immediately makes it so that the theory is something that you can test, which, as we've been stating in this class, is really important. And also, my my theory does not assume that these powers exist, which would call into question a lot of what we know about modern science. My theory would give an easy explanation for why people would pay large amounts of money for psychics, and why someone would want to be a psychic, because the answer is they're making a large amount of money from it. And obviously, you would want money, right? It also explains why people would continue to go back to these psychics. So if you had actual psychic powers, right, why would you make someone pay for them? That's another thing. Uh, I really do think that my explanation, that all or the vast majority of psychics are people purposefully knowing that they are not telling the truth and trying to make money from the people that they use their supposed powers on, I think that it is the most likely explanation, it is the easiest one to test, it gives the answer that is the simplest, it does not call into question anything such as the nature of reality or the nature of, um, you know, like the, the nature of the abilities of humans, and finally I think that it gives fruitfulness because it asks a lot of interesting psychological questions rather than supernatural ones so that is why i believe that my theory makes the most sense and explains the industry of psychic phenomenon thank you for listening and i hope you have a wonderful day